We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Tulane and Memphis are scoreless, Ryan, uh, but yeah. we got ourselves a nice little turnover. Here's the problem. Tulane's doing this little, uh, you know, everybody does, it, it was the turnover chain, yep. and now there's a turnover thrown, and a turnover this, and a turnover that. They have, you know, like the colorful, like, ornament balls you'd put on a Christmas tree? Oh, yeah. I'm a big Christmas guy. Yeah, they're, that's their thing. It's like a, it's like a turnover yeah. ornament necklace. I like it, kind of. It's it? really dumb. Yeah. I think it looks really stupid. They're getting you ready for the season. It no, is right around the corner. It's not. It's still We're October. We're dusting off Mariah Carey, right? I no, see, that, that shows you spent you spent way too much time in, like, Target and Home Depot, if that's no, what you're thinking. No, my wife works at Apple. Good. I feel so bad for her. Why? Because, like, I mean, she has a great job. Yeah, but so I, she, I wouldn't feel It's that also bad. retail. Yeah, but so all season long, it's Mariah. 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 Uh, Buble. Buble. Yeah. You mean the music is what makes her... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that, could be worse. It's, I co- mean, it's coming, though. I mean, it's right yeah. around the corner. Once Halloween wraps you up know, now... You I'll, know, I'll be honest with you. Yeah? I could do Buble all, all the time, Christmas music, and I'm good. Honestly, yeah, that's why I love you. Yeah, I'm a big... Yeah, people make fun of me. I've actually seen him live a couple times. I'm a big... Like, yeah. my aunts like him. We, it's, it's a lot of fun to go see him. He's a He's a good time. And uh, I am a huge fan. I'm glad to hear this. I, I like, and I like Mariah Carey too. I just love the Christmas season. I go all in for Christmas. It's a good time. <laughs> if you don't like Christmas? Get the hell out of here, right? Well, some people just don't celebrate Christmas. Who, I mean, yeah. Well, 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 so there's well, that Hanukkah. I mean, exactly. Whatever you celebrate, you know. I mean, like my wife is Serbian, so she actually celebrates Christmas at a different time. Just so mm-hmm. that, really quick. This is the worst part about being married to my wife. I love her very much. Careful. My, my birthday, Careful where my this birthday is going. October 9th. Her, her birthday is October 10th, so I didn't even get like a full weekend. You know, like I get gifts, but then <laughs> I got to so get my funny. money back buying her gifts. That is so funny. And then like we celebrate Christmas, and um, her dad's Catholic and her mom's Serbian. So then she gets like two Christmases. Just so I like in, her, uh, I have to double gift. Just like Talladega Nights. Yay, two Christmases! Yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah, so then my the son... Scene. He thinks, and I'm like, nah, that's not how it works, bud. You're Catholic. Yep. You're screwed. You get one. Yep. He gets one. That's it. Yeah, just one Christmas. There you go. Every day is Christmas. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Brett Freelander jumps on with us. SaturdayRoad.com. Speaking of Catholic, Notre Dame's got hosting USC this weekend. You're fighting Irish. You see how I segued there, my friend? That's what professionals do. Uh, Brett, I, I know there's a, with a Notre Dame fan sitting next to me, he's nervous, uh, and I get it, but... This is a USC team that has a defense that's a little bit scary. Do you see Notre Dame being able to take advantage of that situation and coming out, let's just be straight up with this, coming out with a win against USC when this is all said and done? Oh. I don't think we hear him. I don't hear him either, but I did just see, uh, unfortunately. Well, we'll see if Luke can figure that. I don't know if it's on our end or his end. Phones or phones? Yeah. You know, I can hear you guys. There hey! we go. We got him. There you are, Brett. How are you, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing well. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I just caught the tail end of your question. I wasn't sure if you were asking me or not. So uh, if you're talking about uh, uh, Notre Dame and, and Southern Cal, uh, listen, Southern Cal defense is it's Lincoln-Riley defense, okay? So it's kind of defenseless. But here's the thing. Right now, the way Notre Dame's offense is, uh, they're really, really – first of all, they were really inexperienced to begin with in the receiving core, and now they're really thin because of injuries. Um, and if they can't open up holes for uh, a, a semi uh, to, uh, to, you know, to, to 
really do damage on the ground, which he has not done in each of the last two games against Duke or Louisville, then they're in a heap of trouble. So um, I, I think they're going to have a hard time stopping Southern Cal, and I don't see them outscoring them. Brett, we saw Syracuse. You know, they have not looked good the last couple weeks after getting off to a fast start. We've seen this story before. But uh, they're an 18.5-point underdog against Florida State. Obviously, Florida State right now looks like one of the best teams in the country. They're number four in the nation. Total's 53.5 in this game. Do you think Syracuse, you know, is the team that we saw last week, or are they the team that we saw the first four weeks of the season? You know, do you think they can maybe hang in there? I think they're the team you've seen the last two weeks. Mm. I mean, they had a very light uh, non-conference schedule, and the way I looked at it is they had to go 4-0 in the non-conference to have a shot at bowl eligibility. And it's bad enough that they've stepped up in competition, but look who their first three games in the ACC have been against. Clemson, North Carolina, and Florida State. It's only the, you know, the, the teams that were picked to finish, what, uh, one, two, and three, yeah. uh, in, in, in the, in the conference in preseason. So, uh, I, I think it's, it's kind of been a rude awakening. And then you compound that by taking away Garrett Schrader's really is one legitimate big play threat in Oronde Gadsden, uh, the second who uh, was lost, what, early in, in the Western Michigan game, the second game of the year, and he's basically doing it by himself. You know, LaQuint Allen is a, is a nice running back, uh, but he's, you know, he, he's a complimentary guy. And, you know, you saw the Schrader basically beat Purdue all by himself. I think he had, like, 397 out of their 500 uh, uh, total yards in that game. But uh, it's tough to do that against the kind of competition he's facing. And, and I think Florida State is at the point in their season now where it, it's time to start getting serious and to kind of shift gears and really start to kind of build momentum for the, the postseason. And, and I, I think, uh, uh, you know, with Trey Benson finally breaking loose last week and, and Johnny Wilson Jr., uh, Jr. finally catching his first touchdown pass, uh, I, I think Florida State is going to roll on these guys. Brett, I don't know if I'm still over, and a lot of people are still over, the Mario Cristobal decision not to kneel last <laughs> week for Miami. Uh, One of just the biggest brain farts I think we've ever seen seen in, in, in any sport at any level, it feels like, at this point. They got North Carolina coming up this weekend, and now you've got Tez Walker back for UNC as well, which, of course, adds another dynamic to that offense, but you know... It's one thing for us to sit here and be like, I can't believe they didn't kneel. I can't believe they didn't kneel. Do you think that that has an effect at all within the locker room, within the just the, the collection of all the players there still thinking about that? Or do you think that that's something that they moved on from and won't be a factor against North Carolina at all? Well, let me say one thing before I answer that question, is that as big of a brain fart as that was, how do you compound that with 27 seconds left they got to go 44 yards and have no timeouts. That's true. Let a receiver get behind you like that. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that to me is almost as big of a, a, of a coaching blunder as, as the not kneeling down. There are two ways that this can go. Either the team can use this as a rallying point and just kind of say, you know, our season is now on the line because of what we did against Georgia Tech. We gotta, we, we've got to come out and, you know, and, and, and play our best game, or it can be a total soul crusher. I am of the opinion that Miami is going to play very well on Saturday. Now, having said that, uh, you, you brought up the fact that Drake May now has all his weapons, and they, they ran up, what, 644 yards of total offense last week uh, against Syracuse, which is not a terrible defense. And their defense, you know, Gene Chizik's defense is finally looking like a Gene Chizik defense. I mean, it's not elite. But it's good enough considering the offensive, you know, firepower that they have. 
Um, I think that Miami's going to play a really good game, but I don't know that it's going to be enough on the road against this North Carolina team, which is really starting to kind of get a little bit of you know, juice going, and you can kind of feel it. And listen, if Carolina wins this game tomorrow, look at the rest of the schedule. You're looking at a 9-0 and team, probably a top-10 team, going to those last three games of the year, a rivalry game at home against Duke, at Clemson, and then at NC State. And, uh, you know, it will be right there for them. So that, given like what we've seen from North Carolina at this point, what is the ceiling for them? I, I, I just told you. I, I think oh. they can win the ACC championship. Okay. And if they do, they're in the playoffs. Because, listen, it, it's really interesting because, you know, that you've heard the old saying, coastal chaos, and how the coastal division was always nuts because of all the, you know, all the teams and all the crazy things that happened. Well, this is going to be total chaos this year because you've got Louisville's undefeated. You've got North Carolina that's undefeated. You've got Florida State that's undefeated, and none of them play each other. So there's a possibility the ACC can have three undefeated teams at the end, and then you know there's a whole list of convoluted tiebreakers that I think ends with rock, paper, scissors. Uh, (laughs) But uh, if that's the case, though, if you have two undefeated teams playing each other in Charlotte on the first Saturday of December, one of those teams is getting in the playoffs. Yeah, and Brett, as a Notre Dame fan, I really liked Louisville in that game last week just because it was a terrible spot for Notre Dame. How many more games can you continue to get up for? And you had USC on deck, but also just because I really like this Louisville team. Bet their win total over. I love Jeff Brom. You saw what he did at Purdue, obviously, the last couple of years. Um, but what really surprised me about that game is how tough they were in the trenches. They bullied Notre Dame. Like Joe Out, who's going to be an NFL left tackle, uh, was on his ass like three times in that game. So is Louisville for real? They have Pitt this week. Pitt's not very good. They just moved their quarterback to tight end in Dracovic. They're <laughs> seven and a half point favorites. But what do you think the ceiling is for this Louisville team? Because they looked damn good last week. I think Louisville can go undefeated. And I say wow. that because look at their schedule. You know, they're the opposite of, of Syracuse. Syracuse has to play the top three teams in the league all right in a row, right? Louisville doesn't have Carolina. They don't have Florida State. They don't have Clemson. They've got the lightest schedule in the entire ACC. And right now, I mean, Duke and and Miami are the two stumbling blocks for them. And as you mentioned, they're they're tough up front. But boy, oh boy, I mean, Jamari Thrash, the transfer from Georgia State, is a big play guy uh, uh, on the edge. And how about Jawar Jordan, who uh, – this is a guy who I believe I, – I, I wish I had my, my column that – my picks column today that I wrote. I believe he's got seven runs already this year of 40 or more, and he's got three touchdowns of 70 or more. I mean, there's a running back who anytime he touches the ball could go to the house. So they've got weapons. And then defensively, you've got to remember, this is a team that last year led the nation in sacks and was second in the nation in takeaways. And look, I mean, they lost a lot of guys, but last week they had, what, five takeaways against Notre Dame, and yep. they, they, they uh, sacked Hartman four times. So, I mean, this is a team that's really uh, a lot more complete than people give them credit for. And you're right, Jeff Brom is, you know, I mean, he's making those fans who have been clamoring for him <laughs> to come back for years, they're making them look like they're getting their wish. Brett, we were talking about this a little bit earlier in the show, and even yesterday, too. I guess really you could say probably a lot, Ryan, right? It's like there's a lot of parity this year in college football. It feels like we just have more than we've had in the past. Does it feel that same way to you, or is there maybe one or two teams that you look at that you still feel like are head and shoulders above everybody else? No, I mean, this is as wide open as I can remember it. You know, Georgia is 
undefeated and probably is going to go undefeated until they play maybe Alabama in the SEC championship game. But, I mean, they've shown chinks in the armor. Um, offensively, they are not what, they, what they've been. Um, and, you know, it, they're going to be undefeated, but they're also going to be vulnerable. And uh, uh, Michigan, same way. Uh, I, I just think it's, you know, it, it's kind of cool because I think you're starting to finally see here after, what, year two or year three now of NIL – uh, between the transfer portal and NIL, you're seeing uh, you know teams uh, are 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 able to 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 bulk up. You know you, you you're not re- uh, totally dependent on on hoping that those five star recruits turn into five star players. You can go out and get veteran guys who have proven themselves, and and I think now the talent pool is a lot deeper and it's a lot wider. Oh, Brett, actually, I wanted to ask you one more. If uh, Riley Leonard's able to go, if he's 50%, do you like Duke's chances tomorrow against North Carolina State? Obviously, at home, they're three-point favorites in the game, so they're favored to win the game, but uh, a little worried just about the injury status right there. Yeah, and, and I don't think you're going to know who's who's going to start that game and if Leonard's going to play until right before kickoff because uh, it would be crazy for Mike Elko to tip his hand. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that that is huge. In fact, I'm surprised that there's even a line on that. I, I might have taken that off the board just because of it, because if he can't play, um, NC State's got a real good shot of winning that game. In fact, I think they will win the game if Riley Leonard doesn't play, because he he really predicates everything that they do on offense, and even if he plays at 50%, his running ability, his, his mobility is is really a big part of that Duke offense. And if he's hobbled and, and can't run the ball against a really good defense, I mean, this is a defense that held Louisville to 13 points. Um, and so, uh, you know, if, if, and with MJ Morris now, uh, showing a little bit of life in that offense, uh, I think State can win this anyway. But, um, I, I think without Riley Leonard, I would probably, uh, take take the points and, and, and go with the underdog. He's Brett Freelander, SaturdayRoad.com. Really good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, Brett. Hey, anytime, guys. Yeah, you know, awesome it's true. Stuff. Like it's it's it, I this is what I do love about college football. Is everything? We, well <laughs> besides everything. Yeah. No, but like you do it does feel like there is so much more in terms of we're gonna have all kinds of at least right now the way it looks, races in multiple spots for the college football playoff this year. Like, I wish we actually had the 12-team playoff this season. Oh, yeah, man. Like, the playoff, and not only just, like, the playoff, like, who's going to be in the ACC championship game? Who's going to be in the Big yep. Ten championship game? The the Pac-12, huge game. Like I said, tomorrow's a college football playoff game, so make sure you're in front of your TVs for uh, Oregon-Washington. Yep. I like Oregon quite a bit in that game. But also the Heisman race. There's so much on the line this weekend. You got Bo Nix going against Michael Penix. Michael Penix loses this game. He dips. You know, obviously Caleb Williams, if he beats Notre Dame and puts up a big, uh, big numbers on the road, he, he goes back to being the favorite. Uh, Dylan Gabriel right now getting some love. It's it's going to be a wild finish to the season. I have no idea what's going to happen, and that's what makes it so fun. I The only thing I know for sure is UTEP's probably not getting to five wins, unfortunately. That was the one <laughs> thing I was wrong on. I'm never going to trust Dana Dimmel again. That schmuck. You spent uh, you spent a lot of a lot of money on you. Wait, was it Wednesday night they played? Tuesday night. What night did they play? That was uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. God, the Conference week just USA blends together at this point. Yeah, you, you, you like, were. Man, uh, there right. was a, there was a lot of frustration there with you know, you, that, 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 with UTEP. They you know. finally so they've won one. Yeah, it's not looking very good. They did they did beat uh, FIU on Wednesday. That was Wednesday. I had to check. Wow, that was Wednesday. Well, we have college football every night now. It just all mushes together. Yep, still 38 more days. Yep. 38 more days to go. And counting. Come on, Memphis. Memphis trails 7 nothing right now. We need them, Luke. A lot on the line that I with these Tigers. Are the Broncos in full sell mode and full fade mode the rest of the way? Bad MGM tonight.
It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from Becky. 